Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 35 of the Two Hands on the Hurl podcast. I'm your host this week, TJ Mills, and I'm joined by the one and only Instagram maestro, Robbie Mansfield. How's things, Robbie? Ah, sure, not too bad, TJ. Yourself? Any crack? Uh, no, none at all. Very quiet now. Um, very, very quiet. It's, um, the only good thing is you can see things picking up again, so hopefully that'll be... I'm, I'm kind of the way... I'm busy doing nothing. Were you ever that way? Oh, sure. Flat out busy doing nothing. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's always yeah. the way. Uh, but on the upside, I made it, I made it to the gym uh, Monday to Friday this week, which was something I haven't done since June. So uh, I was kind of happy with that, to be fair. I don't have to feel as guilty. I think the last time I was in was three weeks ago, or about three weeks ago. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll venture in. Um, but... Yeah, I need your advice in a couple of weeks, but we chat about okay. that off off air no problem. anyway. <laughs> no problem at all. Um, so we're going to crack on, Robbie. There are big announcements during the week with these and the restrictions and um, the implications of that. Live music could be back at weddings from uh, tomorrow, Monday. Uh, the podcast is going out Sunday this week. And that meant that they could be... 60% of capacity at all earned finals for fully vaccinated people are 50% capacity for a kind of mixture, <laughs> non-vaccinated and vaccinated people. So the question, Robbie, with all earned football final coming up in a couple of weeks time, Mayo against Tyrone, Tyrone aiming for their first All-Ireland since, is it 2007, I think, and Mayo for the first, or 2008, sorry. And uh, Mayo for the first time in 70 years. Do you think is it a missed opportunity that a little bit extra work by the GA could mean 20,000 more supporters could get to Croke Park, 60,000 in total? Yeah, um, I think, you know, the more people you can get into Croke Park, the better. Um, I think they can kind of do it in a safe way. Like, you see that public transport is probably the one that makes the you know least amount of sense doing this while you're restricting other things is opening public transport back to 100%. So, yeah, you know, and like peak time on public transport isn't 100%. It's 110, 120% are jammed with people. Like, so, you know, if if that's safe, then surely, you know, people going into a large sporting event where they're going to be, you know, outside when they're together or you can kind of keep them distanced, uh, when they're on the way into the stadium, on the way out, and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, you know, it baffles me that it always baffles me. Like, you know, even when we're saying about the live music, you know, that live music has been outlawed up until now outdoors, and you know, there's always these kind of real inconsistencies with the with the rules. It's always like, well, if this is if this is okay, why can't we do this? And this is just another example of it. But um, yeah, I, you know. If the GA could make a little bit more effort to get more people in, that that'd be great. Uh, I know uh, lots of uh, lots of Mayo and lots of Toronto people want to go to this game, and um, obviously for Mayo to have won it in so long would be uh, quite a historic victory. But it, they're both going for their fourth All Ireland, you know, so um, it's going to be really important to both counties, you know. Yeah, now they are talk. I mean, if you look at the vaccination rates in the Republic of Ireland, they are really high, and Mayo is one of the highest counties around. They are kind of talk going around Tyrone, the vaccination rate won't be as high. Do you think that maybe that could have factored into the GA's decision or is that just speculation? Um, possibly. Um, Joe, the thing is that like, uh, 
vaccinated or unvaccinated or either or people can spread uh, COVID. Um, and you imagine a lot of people who haven't got it by now, they're not really, like the concern about COVID isn't really, you know, they're not probably not going to get uh, the vaccine or whatever, or they're probably not, don't, not in a big fear state of COVID. So it's not like you're protecting them because everyone who's been, you know, afforded the opportunity to get one has got one, you know, so these people aren't getting one by choice. And uh, the fact that everyone can spread it, you know, there might be less of a chance. I don't know if it's that much of a chance, less of a chance if you're vaccinated or whatever, but um, you know, you can still spread it. So to me, that kind of doesn't make sense either, but it possibly, you know, after Corona, uh, Corona got the high percentage of COVID cases and, you know, uh, Tyrone is in a different jurisdiction in terms of uh, they're under the NHS, not the HSE. So it's possible that they're thinking that a lot of people coming down from the north might be bringing COVID with them and stuff. But unvaccinated or vaccinated, they both can spread it. So, yeah, it comes back to those inconsistencies for me, to be fair. Yeah, um, just when we're talking about that, I'm going to do a plug here, Robbie, for Carrick Shock, uh, GA Club, they are raffling two uh, all-earned football final tickets. All details can be found on the Carrick Shock uh, GA Facebook and Instagram pages. It's um, been done through Club Funder and the draw is taking place next Thursday night. The tickets are €5 Euro, uh, for an opportunity to win uh, two football final tickets. So anyone from Mayo or Tyrone or any other counties around interested, they can check out the Carrick Shock GA uh, Facebook and Instagram pages, and it's all been done through Club Funder, and it's all gone for Carrick Shock Development Fund as well. Um, we move on, Robbie, and we move on to the ladies' football quickly, but there's a Camogie final taking place tomorrow evening in the Gaelic grounds in Limerick, and it sees Cork taking on Kilkenny. Um, at 6pm in Dollarn Minor A Championship Final uh, Cork defeated Kilkenny in Dunder 16 and also defeated them in the Dollarn Senior Semi-Final last weekend so I'd be biased I hope Kilkenny get revenge there and on the management team as well I want to wish the best of luck um, so that's taking place this evening Sunday at 6pm in the Gaelic Grounds in Limerick uh, there's a big day of ladies football action taking place tomorrow. Um, the junior final sees Antrim playing Wicklow. That's at a quarter to 12. Sorry, that's today, Sunday. We're recording this on Saturday. Sorry if I'm mixing that up. And Intermediate sees Westmead taking on Wexford. That's a real mouthwater and tie. Wexford, a good win over Leash in the semi-final and Westmead who were really high-flying in the senior championship as well. That's at a quarter to two today. But the big game, Robbie, um, Dublin meet, rivalry in the football. It's the same in the ladies' football, throwing at a quarter past four. How do you see that one going? Yeah, it's an interesting matchup. You have uh, Mead coming up from intermediate, and they had a, a real, um, you know, coming back from the death against Cork, a very fancy Cork team uh, who would have fancied their chances against Dublin in a final, uh, came back from six points down, got two goals, went to extra time and won it. Um, and then you've got Dublin going for uh, five in a row. So two very, you know, contrasting uh, past fortunes of, of these two teams. Um, I think before Meath played Cork, it was saying that um, Cork bet Meath a few years ago by 40 points. So for Meath to turn it around and come in and beat them, it was such a, such a, a massive uh, turnaround of fortunes. Um, 
And, you know, these things can happen sometimes in the GA where a team, they just, you know, get the momentum with them and they come good um, on the on the day or in the year or whatever and they go and win it all. Um, you know, and like for, for ladies football, it'd be good to see someone else win it. But obviously, um, as a dub, I'm hoping, uh, hoping the ladies can match the guys and... Uh, to go for go for five in a row and maybe even possibly push on for seven because you know there was lots of um, seven in a row Dublin scarfs that were had to be nearly uh, put back into storage after um, after Mayo beat Dublin in the men's game so I'm sure there's someone sitting on a, ho- a whole load of flags and headbands and scarves to have uh, seven in a row so hopefully the ladies can uh, kick on and, and do that man a favour. How impressive is Meat making Dollarn? You mentioned about their comeback against Cork and Dollarn semi-final. Cork defeated them, if I'm not mistaken, two, two, three year ago by 40 points. Found themselves roughly about seven points behind in the semi-final, came back. And they would have suffered a lot of heavy defeats at senior level before going down to the intermediate grade against the likes of Dublin and Cork. So, I mean, great, great... Um, Jeez, I'm trying to find the right term. Sorry. Great credit has to go to the meat management team. To They suffered this disappointment two years ago, lost the intermediate final one last year, and now to make the senior final. That is some turnaround in the space of a couple of years, Robbie. Yeah, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, power to them. And it just goes to show you what can happen when you get the heads right, you get great buy-in from the players and you have obviously the management uh, doing the right things and the coaching and you know there's plenty of teams probably that you know with the correct setup and with the correct buy-in from the players that can you know do really well but um, it's, it's hard to to get that sort of a culture um, to develop that and, and keep it going uh, for a long time because some teams can do it for a while and then fade away and stuff um, but yeah it's credit to the management team and also, the ladies that, you know, they're out there on the pitch doing the stuff. And, um, you know, coming back against Cork will give them great um, great encouragement. So that if, you know, if Dublin get ahead, that me, they're like, well, we've been in this situation before. We've played in Cork Park. We have the confidence to not just fade away, to kick on and do it. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's a really good game. Uh, I know all the neutrals want me to win, and rightly so. But um, <laughs> hopefully... Uh, as I said again, you know, from a Dublin point of view, that the the girls get five in a row. Yeah, I honestly, I won't lie, I would be one of those supporters. I'd like to see a uh, kind of the fairy tale end and me to emerge victorious, but that's my heart, my brain's telling me Dublin high flying, great management team, the the solid play they're doing. I think the occasion may get to meet. I mean, it's I know. You can say they were in the final last year, but it's different when you're gone up the great senior. And I think that's where Meat may fall short. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be a cracking final. Uh, We move on anyway, Robbie, and we go to the top pick. So I'll let you take this first this week. Uh, Yeah, so this week I've been listening to a good bit of music. Um, Now, these aren't so much recommendations as... I, I'm totally in love with these two albums or whatever, but I just think it's it'd be good to get a good snapshot into where music is today and different contrasting in styles. Um, so the first one is Donda by Kanye West. Now this is a, a marathon of an al- album. It's an hour and fifty minutes, so <laughs> you know, it's it's a real it's a real long listen. But um, 
I was listening to it the other day when I was cleaning the house. I think as well, both of these albums, you need to have the headphones in to get the full effect um, with the bass and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's a bit of a mad album, you know, and you appreciate that with Kanye West. He's going to be, he's, he's trying things and he's, you know, out there with the stuff he does and he's pushing the boundaries and that sort of thing. Now, there's a few good songs on it, some songs uh, not a huge fan of, Um but definitely, definitely is worth checking out if you have two hours to spare, uh, or you can just kind of break it down, like break it down, like into like a mini series or whatever, um, and try and listen to it that way. And the other one is by Drake, uh, which is poorly named uh, "Certified Lover Boy." I don't know where he came out with that one, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's, an, that's another marathon of an album. That's an hour and a half, um, and I think the length of these albums are really a testament to the fact that there's nobody in their circle that's saying. No, there's no one saying, I don't think you should do that. It's just they have complete creative control. And that's probably is good in a way. And also it kind of leads to massive length of albums because you imagine record labels, if you're more involved, they're saying here, you can't have an hour and like two hour album. Like that just doesn't work to sell or whatever. But um, yeah, they're both worth checking out. Um, Some really good songs on there from Drake, some really good songs on there from Kanye, some other stuff. It just seems more like almost filler on the album. Um, But yeah, definitely, I think if you're wondering where music is going and the direction it's going for good or bad, uh, these are two albums worth checking out. Yeah, I know, definitely. Did you hear that during the week, actually? It it kind of lead up to our next topic, um, maybe in a good way. But did you see Kim Kardashian posted that she was listening to Kanye West's new album? Uh, but eagle-eyed uh, viewers spotted that she had the album on mute with the right. screenshot she posted. So, uh, yeah, she tried to promote it, but she got caught out with it. Um yeah, top picks for myself this week. I'm going the Gordon Ramsay route as well. I'm addicted to these on YouTube, I won't lie. Uh, there's another batch of programs called Hotel Hell. Uh, it's similar to Kitchen Nightmares, but it's uh, obviously hotels. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm watching uh, those on YouTube. There's a good few channels has them on it. So if you just put that in and yeah, they're... Similar to the Kitchen Nightmares, they're all along the same line. It's like they're using the same template across the board, but uh, they're addictive. Uh, the next one, uh, you might laugh at Robbie, but uh, I have to addict. I have to come out of the closet slightly that I'm an ABBA fan. Um, mm-hmm. And ABBA are after announcing their first album in about 40 years with ABBA Voyage. Um, so I won't lie, I'm really looking forward to that, like I was saying. And Many listeners I had on a radio show a few years ago know I'd like to fire in a couple of ABBA songs here or there. Uh, so they're going to release that in the next month or so. And they're also going to do um, a hologram tour as well. It's starting off in London. Um, so you can see that come in Ireland shortly as well. So yeah, that'd be worth checking out ABBA Voyage if you're an ABBA fan and... Um, yeah, I have to admit, I would be uh, one of those. Uh, What's your favourite Abba song? Uh, it's even going to be even more cheesy now. Uh, it would have <laughs> to be Lay All Your Love On Me. Um, yeah. yeah, they wore a dance cover of it in the mid-2000s by a Swedish band called Silver. 
Um, and yeah, I I kind of like that one, but uh, the winner takes it all. Scud as well. Um, especially if you're after losing and losing a game, you'd be listening to that. So yeah, I know they're just a, they're just a brilliant band, and uh, yeah, I'm not ashamed to say I would be kind of a fan. It's kind of an eclectic mix of music. Can go from dance music to ABBA. That's that's the way I go. Uh, rock music as well. Uh, we move on anyway, and we're on about Kim Kardashian um, posting up that she was listening to Kanye West's uh, album, but she had it on mute. So did you ever realize, Robbie, that you may have texted the wrong person an embarrassing detail or something they should have, shouldn't have known that it wasn't for them? Uh, I don't think so. I th- um, I think probably the closest I've kind of come to would be um, message. I actually happened to me last week where I was messaging a client for the gym and I was trying to figure out the times with them for, for next week or whatever. And um, it was just really confusing conversation going back and forward. And then I realized that I was talking to somebody completely different. <laughs> and then I kind of had to almost kind of backtrack out a conversation. Uh, anyway, it worked out in the end, but um yeah, it was definitely an awkward conversation. Or one time, um, I actually made a phone call to the wrong person at the wrong time where I made a phone call to um, my insurance broker when I was trying to call. Uh, I was trying to call a taxi at 2 or 3 a.m. <laughs> and both of their names were John. And obviously, uh, when I was uh, you know fairly inebriated, I just picked up the phone and I seen John was there on the phone and gave him a ring. And then, you know, this guy answered and he was very confused. He was very befuddled at what was going on. Um, anyway, long story short, I only realized the next day. And uh, I think I actually had to walk home that day. Not unsurprisingly. <laughs> oh, no, classic. Yeah, I had a couple of mishaps. Uh, a couple worked out for me and others I was able to rescue before um, anything happened. Uh, the one I rescued was I was involved with a team. And there was um, a game wasn't going, it wasn't with the team I was with, but it was with a, another team within the club and it was a really poor result. Um, so there was a message from someone I was coaching with and I thought it was sent directly to me, but it was actually sent into the group. Um, so I replied, oh, geez, this is a terrible result like this. The team they're playing isn't that great at all. And then I realized that it wasn't a direct message. It was into a group with club officials, players, everything like that. But I was able to rescue it before anyone saw it. So I'm not mentioning who it was with, but yeah, that was... Uh, so that it was, was like unsend it sort of thing or deleted from the group? Oh, deleted from the group straight away. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of back a while now that no one had realized, but yeah, it would have been... Well, it wouldn't have been awful bad. It was kind of stating the fact, but it would have been cruel stating the fact, in other words. It was a private conversation, but it went into a public group. So you wouldn't uh, be like the Jose Mourinho where you're calling out your players and giving them stuff, giving them stick? Uh, well, if I was calling out my own, calling out my own players, it wouldn't be as bad, but it was calling out someone else's players. And right. Now, I wasn't saying anything bad. I was just saying it was a poor result. Every team has an off day, but yeah, it was embarrassing. Uh, another one yeah two of them one was awkward actually uh, I was going out with a girl and things weren't going great I kind of wanted to break up 
Um, but no matter what I was saying, it just couldn't be handled. So I was actually texting a friend of mine and I was saying, she just won't leave me alone. What the hell can I do? I just can't get rid. So instead of replying to the friend, I actually replied to the girl that I was talking about. And yeah, that didn't end good, actually. Did she get the message in like in a metaphorical sense? Did she kind of back off or was it still hard to get away from her? Oh, no, she backed off, but I had to deal with a nice bit of uh, aggro before that. But uh, Nice bit yeah. of abuse. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're in relationships like that, you call those people unflushables. You just can't get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. I oh, know, definitely. Definitely. Uh, yeah, another one kind of worked to me benefit. I was um, out one night, got a number to a girl I was chatting to, and I took down the number wrong. Um, so I text the number that I thought I had, but uh, yeah, actually the number that I text uh, actually worked out and we went out for a couple of months after, but uh, oh, yeah, nice. it was a complete accident now. <clears throat> Did you ever send like uh, maybe a message, you know, a message to someone and you're kind of revealing maybe something to them and then you're saying, oh, that wasn't meant for you, but it kind of, it was a kind of a subtle way to... Uh, to let them know maybe how you're feeling or something like that or have you ever done that like that like send a message you know as if it's to somebody else but it's that person have you ever done that like that no no, no. and now they were <laughs> uh, they were a couple of like i think it's the same with everyone when you have a few drinks in the you should actually have a lock on your phone yeah. um, but no never never kind of hiding anything um, yeah wouldn't now, be misdirecting right no 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 um now i was on the receiving end of those but i kind of blank them i won't lie i don't mean blank in a sense but i kind of um i kind of i'd understand the message behind it but i wouldn't let on i play dumb in other words which anyone knows me you'd know that would be very easy to do <laughs> <laughs> I might as well say sometimes. I might as well say it before anyone else does. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I I have a couple of friends that really walked into it. Um, I heard of one that actually texted their boss, and uh, yeah, yeah. But that I'm leaving it at that because I think they tune into the podcast as well. So uh, I actually have one actually that I just thought of. Um, it was like a work group. Um. And it was that um, someone was saying something about somebody in the work group, but it was like they didn't think they were only new, if you get me. So they didn't think oh, that this yeah. person was in the work group. So they were saying something about that person as in like, you know, not a, not a very nice comment. And that other person was in the group. And that led to uh, <laughs> a very awkward uh, group chat for, for a good while now. So that was, you know, not for me now, but it was definitely uh, it was, it was definitely. Uh, a good laugh for me anyway but um yeah i think actually those people actually were good friends afterwards so it all worked out yeah uh, do you know what i probably leave that group even though it wouldn't affect me i can't watch anything cr- or say anything cringy <laughs> at all because i actually think i'm after doing it like so yeah, yeah i probably would have leaving that group or muting it for a while because i'd i'd actually cringe yeah, I, I, I mute all my all my group chats really to be fair there's I, well, apart from the, the podcast group chat, I don't mute that. But uh, I don't. Oh, I, you're I, just I, I saying do, that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do mute like 
the vast majority of the groups I'm in just, you know, just like as well, like you, you could have like 50 messages and you're trying to watch TV and you're like, just fuck off. Yeah, I know. I can't bear it. I, I'm in a good few um, for different things I'm in, involved with. And <clears throat> yeah, they're just some of them. I mean, oh, I, I don't know. I just cringe at it. I won't lie to you, but um, I'm not mentioning any because I think there are a few that may tune in as well. But you yeah. just <laughs> have to you just have to mute them. There's no I mean, I think dull text message system would have been best. I know it's slow and tedious, monotonous and all of that. But Jesus, WhatsApp can be fucking annoying. Um, There's another thing with WhatsApp as well. Um, my, my kids are in uh, hurling and soccer groups and stuff like that. And it's people like if people put up like a, a message and it's like, I'll reply with a thumbs up if you're going to go. And then it's the other people in the group chat that are responding at like crazy times. You know, it's like yeah. oh, you get a thumbs you get a thumbs up from somebody at seven in the morning or eleven o'clock at night, and it's like, you know, why are you why are you doing this? It's like that's just totally unfair on other people's time. So I think that's the kind of thing with WhatsApp. It can be very, there may be a separate subject altogether. It can be very invasive of your time. You know, so that you have to mute it almost to get away from. It. Oh, definitely, and I mean, I often see it if I'm at training or at a match or say doing radio show or some even podcast you go back and you could have 50 messages and you have to do i reply i am not going to read back over the previous 50 messages no fucking way am i doing it unless it was spicy unless it was like a bit of an argument then you read back yeah but yeah i kind of born that way i not there are no real arguments in the groups i'm in um if there are any arguments say ever with podcasts all done through a call off air or whatever and that's very very seldom like so yeah. but uh yeah do you ever um, read the comments of like like facebook or instagram do you ever just read the comments on posts just for the crack and just you see like one comment and it has like 69 replies and like oh here it's gonna be juicy you're gonna get stuck in here uh do you ever do that like that yeah i do sometimes yeah <laughs> i i won't lie to you there are funny things pop into my head and i probably reply with um a funny response but then I delete it because I get paranoid because it's funny to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and that's the way it is. Something could be funny in my head, and then five seconds later I realize, no, that sounds shit like. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm actually terrible on Twitter for it. I try and put, think up real funny ones and I put it up, and there could be a couple of people like it, and then I get paranoid and I delete it. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, strange that way. But yeah, some of the 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 funniest thing is the Karens on Facebook, though. That that really, that it's kind of the wo- new term Karens that they're just politically correct and everything is wrong and fucking. I yeah, just, can I speak to the manager sort of thing? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I just it's uh, yeah. Having worked in management, I know exactly the shit can go on like so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a funny one before we move on i was working um as trainee manager it was year after i left school and mm-hmm. got a phone call one day i was on duty management and i won't mention the shops but um I was called up to the desk that junior uh, duty manager wanted for a call so introduce myself anyway and how can i help you and this person just tore into me 
absolutely ate me without salt. And I was letting her go on, go on. And then at the end of it, I said, sorry, I have the wrong store. She actually called the wrong supermarket. And she was on a rage for about five minutes. And I just said to myself, oh, this is too good to stop. Like, just let it go. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, we move on anyway, Robbie, and it's international soccer time. Um, it's one time I used to love. It's getting a bit boring now, but there might be a bit of hope. What did you think of the result against Portugal during the week? Disappointing to lose 2-1, but are things picking up? Good performance. Yeah, I think we're almost uh, the victim of massive correction or massive overreaction uh, with stuff. It was like... For the last while, a lot of people saying Stephen Kenny, you know, get him out. And now it's like, even though we did, we lost to Portugal. It's still a good result because we were leading for a long way, and a lot of people are. Oh, he's, you know, he's definitely the man to lead us forward now. So, you know, I think it's there's always this massive overreaction sometimes to the results and stuff. But um, yeah. Yeah, fair play to the guys. Um, they stood up on the day away to Portugal. Not easy. Ronaldo, he was going for his um, his record goal scoring. Um, yeah, and they held it really well, and it's kind of our Irish soccer is almost like a, a Greek tragedy. To be fair, uh, at the minute, it's just like we can't, you know, we couldn't buy a good result. Um, but there, there's green shoots there, um, and I'm I'm of the opinion to just to back Stephen Kenny to long term for the next few tournaments, and you know, get us playing a good style of football. That and then the results will come. Um, by us playing good football in a way. So, and even if we have to slide down the uh, the world rankings for a bit, and maybe it's a bit more difficult to qualify, you know, but it will be relatively easy to get back to where we were in terms of world ranking because once we start playing good football, we've beaten the poorer teams. Um, yeah, but I think the, the big test is uh, Azer, Azerbaijan tonight. Now, if you're listening to the podcast, you're, the result is probably over. So uh, you can an- analyze what I'm going to say, but. If we don't get a result against Azerbaijan, that is, you know, that's that's pretty poor. You know, we're home to Azerbaijan. Uh, so if we can get results uh, against Azerbaijan and then, you know, possibly a win against Serbia, would that be too much to ask? Then I think you can really say that there's definite progress there. Um, but I think regardless, I think we need to back, uh, back Stephen Kenny uh, to the health at this point. Yeah, I know I'd agree completely with you. Now, I don't want to sound a hypocrite. I can't remember what I said previously on podcasts, but I would. <laughs> I, I honestly. It must be a lie I, then. It must be a lie. I know. I can't. I genuinely can't remember, but I would have. Um, say a couple of games ago, I would have seen here we have to back Stephen Kenny. I mean, it is. Um, you can see what he's trying to do. And I mean, the previous management teams of, say, Trapattoni. Um, Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane and Mick McCarthy. It was kind of all the one-dimensional kind of type of play. We're playing long ball in, hit and hope. And now I know we were getting results. I know we qualified for major tournaments, but it wasn't entertaining. I mean, except for this league game in the, was it Euro 2016? We didn't get, I mean, we weren't kind of getting really good results. We're kind of scraping home against teams. And to do what we done against Portugal the other night, I know Portugal dominated possession, but still we took the lead. Uh, Bazoon, or I'm 
scared to try pronounce the goalkeeper's name, Bazuna, um, uh, pulled off a terrific save. And I mean, John Egan with the header, I mean, it was terrific. Um, to be denied in the 89th minute, in a sense, Ronaldo's first goal, which was a cracker, and then the goal in extra time. Um, they were called, I mean, Aaron Connolly was fouled. They are a call that they should have been a penalty. If we went 2-0 up, we would have gotten some sort of result out of it. You would have expected a backlash still out of Portugal, but still even a draw would have been... If that was the least we would have gotten, would have been deserved. But, I mean, he's an Irish man. He has Irish football at heart. And we just were short that couple of um, star players. Triparid showed what he could do. Um, and I think he may need another year or two. But if he could kind of get that Robbie Keane, Damien Duff, just so maybe a couple of years down the line, I think we'd be in a great position. But... I do agree with you. I think we may have to suffer a couple of year disappointment um fail to make tournaments. Um but yeah, I mean we need results against Azerbaijan or Serbia. Uh we need some sort of results against them. I'd be thinking a maybe two two nil win against Azerbaijan and I'd even settle for a draw against Serbia. Uh you'd be hoping for a win. But um something like that you're saying you're backing up the performance. The big risk I can see is after such a good performance against Portugal, we may have a couple of dire performances and that's where you have the the haters kind of making their voice known again. But we just see how it goes anyway. Yeah, I think like the it's usually we we have pulled off big results against big teams, big nations over the while and if they beat us, whatever. Um, I, well, as you're saying, it's when we play the small teams... Yeah. And in the Trapatoni era, we, we were still playing the same. We were making bad teams look good by the football we were playing. So, yeah. And I've said this all along with Stephen Kenny. If we can just play football against the crap teams and you know beat them 1 or 2-0, that's, that's, all, that's all we can ask for, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, insane. Like, we have been down a while, in a sense. I know we qualified for Euro 2012, Euro 2016, but I mean, we did get a few results against the big teams, but the big teams kind of slightly wanting underrate us, wanting fear us. It's it's the minnows you're saying. It's the they seem to be no fear with the minnows against Ireland anymore. Where Ireland to be target targeting the likes of um, Luxembourg and all of that, they're targeting us now, which is. I mean, you beat, we beat Italy in 2016. We beat Italy under Trapattoni. I think it was in a friend. Uh, I'm not sure if it was competitive or friendly. I remember uh, a qualifier, it was I think. We've been a qualifier, I think. A qualifier, a 2-1, I think. We beat Germany with a goal by Shane Long. We're able to beat the big teams. We're able to get... It's, I, I don't know. It's just the mindset. Um, But, yeah, it's going to take a bit of time. And, I mean, the... The shit that was going on in the back background over the years as well, I don't think helped in the situation too much. And now there's a proper structure within the FAI now. And they're after turning the surplus last year, so things are moving forward. So hopefully it'll be the same for the national team as well. Um, but yeah, we just see how it goes and hopefully we will qualify for... They're in France, is it the next European Championships? 
Uh, Germany. I'm not sure. We definitely don't want to go to Qatar anyway with our uh, the majority of lads' uh, complexion. I think that we wouldn't last too long in Qatar. Uh, no, <laughs> so no. we'll maybe we'll just focus on the next Euros then. We'd be out of tune there anyway. Yeah, 100%. So you can't drink in Qatar, so there's no point in qualifying. No, no, and it's it's be the first World Cup around Christmas as well. It's um, taking place, is it around the start of, or the end of November, December, I think, around that time next year. But uh, yeah, I don't think we'd be worrying, but it might be interesting to watch it in the pub anyway. Um, yeah. We move on anyway, Robbie, and it's a brilliant topic you came up with and it's uh, highlighted with the likes of Jake Paul and all of that. Is the old type boxing dying off? Is the likes of the the diehards, the likes of Muhammad Ali, Steve Collins, um, the real old type boxers, are the celebrities rescuing the sport? Are they kind of ruining the reputation of the sport that was there? Are they bringing it into the next generation and killing off the old generation? Are they just ruining the sport while killing off the old generation of boxing? Yeah, I think it's definitely an evolution for boxing. And I think that like the regular boxing needs to almost embrace the style and uh, the drama and stuff of um, the Jake Pauls and the Logan Pauls um, in terms of organizing fights. Because people, people want to see the big fights. You know what I mean? They want to yeah. see good guys fighting each other. I want to see these grudge matches or stuff that's with a bit of edge or whatever. Um, you know, but I suppose like maybe a few years ago, you would have been able to name, you know, a few good boxers in a few divisions, but, and like, I would only be a very casual, casual, casual boxing fan, you know, so maybe not the best person to, um, to ask about this, but, um, I think with, with Jake Paul and stuff, uh, I like I'd like to see him get knocked out, and I think that's why a lot of people tune in as well. Um, and like if you know if Canelo Alvarez was to fight Jake Paul, he would probably make more money than if he was to fight some other boxer. If you know what I mean. So um, I think yeah, boxing needs to to take the lessons um, from these YouTubers, from these celebrities, and apply them more so to uh, their their own their own events and stuff like that. Because, um, you know, like, boxing has kind of maybe lost some of the magic. And uh, I'd say a lot of people want to see uh, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury fight. Uh, but what, when is that going to happen? You know, so I think if yeah. that was to happen, that might bring a bit of uh, buzz back to boxing. Or if someone wants to come up and challenge um, Canelo. Um, yeah, but... Um, I think it's a critical time for boxing and they need to embrace the change to a certain degree and take the good things from the promotion of these fights uh, that the YouTubers and stuff are doing. Um, and also, you know, we want to see, you know, probably more celebrities fighting each other. We were kind of talking about uh, Kanye and Drake earlier on. They have a bit of beef. Let's get them in the ring. Let's uh, get them uh, punching the head off each other. That would be an absolute box office smash, you know, the way. So, um yeah, I think a boxer needs to learn and, and take take note because otherwise, you know, it, it could be uh, these celebrity guys and celebrity fights and stuff could be could be stealing their limelight, you know. Is Katie Taylor saving boxing? I know it's a completely different sport, um, but still Katie Taylor is com- becoming the main event in um, 
big fight nights now. I know she's fighting Saturday night. The result will be over by the time the podcast goes out. She's fighting Jennifer Han um, in uh, on Saturday night. Do you think the likes of Katie Taylor and people like that, do you think female boxing will save the sport? Um, I think Katie Taylor is doing absolutely brilliant for, for uh, ladies boxing. Um, but, you know, who is her rival? Who is her nemesis? You know, we, we want yeah. this, you know, good versus evil dynamic. We want to run a route for this person or, you know, you know, say what you want about McGregor. He's great at promoting fights. Um, you know, Katie, obviously, she doesn't have the personality for that, but she has obviously the skill to win these fights. Um, yeah, so I think she's doing brilliant for boxing, uh, women's and men boxing. Um, and she's a brilliant athlete. We've talked about her many times. Um, you know, but people want to see the drama. They want to see this sort of stuff. Um so, you know, for in order for, you know, Katie to maybe help boxing more, she'd need someone, you know, to go, you know, toe-to-toe with in a, in a real kind of back-and-forward rivalry. Um, I think that's probably what's missing from boxing. And there's so much red tape and money and people have to get paid in order for two guys to fight. Um, that's hard for these really, really big fights to happen because there's too many people pulling wanting their piece of the pie, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a very valid point. Uh, one thing I would have um watching on Friday night is Kelly Harrington. She was on the start of the Late Late Show, and I won't lie to you, it was very cringe what um, the Late Late Show were doing, but I think Kelly Harrington's an absolute legend. But she's after announcing that she's staying amateur. So is that the kind of character and spirit that you want, Robbie, that it's just the sport and the love of the fans and all of that, that money just didn't factor into Kelly Harrington's decision that she just loves the sport so much. She wants to stay at the rank that kind of brought her to where she is now. Yeah, well, like, that's brilliant for the love of her own personal love of boxing. And it will, it will further the the case for ladies boxing in Ireland. Uh, if she's going to another Olympics, there's going to be more buzz. There's going to be more uh, young girls seeing this happen and saying, oh yeah, I'd like to do that. I want to try that. Um, and that's what the whole campaign about 2020 last year was. Uh, just if you can't see it, you know, so trying to promote women's sports. So yeah, Kerry, Kelly Harrington is an all around legend and whether she went pro or she stayed amateur, she would have done great things for, uh, for women's boxing but I suppose like at the amateur level you, you kind of like kids are going to be maybe better able to see uh, her fighting and stuff like that rather than in the professional it's on at a later time and all these sort of stuff so there's all those different factors there so her her staying amateur will probably be a great boost for uh, young girls in Ireland who want to box yeah I know definitely uh, we move on Robbie and I think this is a brilliant one again that you came up with uh, Scotland are to trial a four day working week um, what would your views be on that do you think um, it's a great idea by the Scottish government and do you think it would work in Ireland yeah well it, it's with uh, no loss of pay as well so that's the that's kind of oh sorry yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so sorry. now you're just not working less yeah I think it would be interesting thing to to, uh, to trial and stuff, um, and you could definitely see with you know in the next we we're talking about uh, artificial intelligence uh, last week. Um, you could definitely see with 
technology being more involved that humans not obsolete but have to do maybe less work or less manual tasks and that sort of thing um yes i think it would be brilliant i think you know the irish government you know could uh try and implement something or maybe encourage no not like mandate it but encourage employers to think of it as an option uh, and then if you're getting the same level of productivity from from your employees uh, for less time you know it just sounds like a win for the employer and it sounds like a win for the employee obviously because they have more free time uh, and like no one wants to be stuck in a rat race you know in a you know commuting nine to five and all this sort of stuff and then you're wrecked and that sort of stuff you want to be able to enjoy life um and like everyone's really happy when it's bank holiday and uh, stuff like that you know but i think it, i think it is good for people to work but not be worked to the bone and stuff like that so yeah and obviously like different jobs will require different things and you have some people that work seven days a week anyway at the minute and will continue that because uh, that's just their lifestyle and what, what they're what they're suited to or whatever um but yeah i think it's definitely especially with technology coming up to fill a lot of voids and a lot of gaps for us. Uh, and you could argue, like, are people that, that productive in a five-day-a-week, nine-to-five job? You could argue that they're probably not. If they had less time, they'd be more focused and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so it's definitely something I'd be on board with. Employ Employers maybe might be a bit more hesitant. So it, it could be about educating the employers on to what are the ins and outs of it, what are the benefits, and... Uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully the uh, the Irish government are are watching what's happening in Scotland or potentially happening in Scotland. Yeah, I know I can't disagree with anything you said there. I won't lie; I'd be slightly on the fence with it. Um, I like I lost my job last year. I'm not going into personal, so my my kind of career is mainly office space, which hasn't returned fully yet. Um, so. Yeah, I I mean I like going to the office. I I just can't see it working in Ireland. Um, I just think there are too many lobby groups. Um, like there's a hell of a lot of conversation around the pandemic unemployment payment and all of that, and how it's impacting on businesses and all of that. But I'm noticing straight away in the line of work I'm involved in, that's kind of office based there's just no positions out there because people aren't back. So it's a conversation I think that would be discussed, but I just can't see it happening because there are too many lobby groups. Um, If it is introduced, I can see a situation where productivity would have to go up for those days. Now I'm, I know that might sound a bit obvious, but it could be a factor that you could have staff having to work 10, 11, maybe 12 hour days to make up for the day that you would have off um, or something like that. So uh, it'd be yeah, I, imagine, I imagine it's like, you know, four, eight, eight hour days rather than four, 12 hour days or, you know, yeah, four, I'm, 10 hour days. Yeah, I know. I, I that that's the way you would kind of wanted. I won't lie to you, but if you have a situation where people are working, say forty, forty-five hour weeks, uh, divide that into say forty, or sorry, into four days. Yeah, it's. I mean, I don't know. I think it's a brilliant idea, and I think it should be introduced. It's the same with the remote work, and there should be, I think, a flexibility around it. Um, but I can see maybe some of the things that were brought in during the pandemic. Like I did work from home uh, before I lost my job and 
Um, I did find it good, but you can maybe see not as much of that now. I, I genuinely can't see us going that way, but I, I'd love to be proven wrong on it, Robbie. But um, be interesting to see how it works over in Scotland and similar to what the government's doing here in pandemic, we kind of like to see what's happening in other countries before we take the initiative ourselves. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, see, see what happens. Um, and maybe not like not now, go for it. Just coming out of um, <clears throat> pandemic, pandemic and all the economic uncertainty and stuff like that but definitely you know down the line when things get a bit more stable uh could be something to be to be looked at yeah i know definitely and uh yeah we live and see how it works out uh mm-hmm. we move on anyway robbie to the world sports roundup uh do you have anything this week i can see college football returned in the us um in the past week and see the crowds and stadium was unbelievable yeah. Uh, do you have anything along the lines in the world sports roundup this week? Yeah, well, uh, as you say, uh, college football is back uh, next Thursday. Uh, Cowboys Buccaneers is uh, kicking off uh, NFL season, so it's the Super Bowl champs against the biggest franchise in sport, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but they're not a great team, and there, there a lot of things have to go right for Dallas for things to go well. But um, that's coming up next Thursday. But the the major piece of uh, drama that happened uh, this week was uh, the New England Patriots uh, cut their potentially starting uh, quarterback Cam Newton uh, in favour of the rookie Mac Jones. Um, so Cam played last year, had a very mixed year, um, and they drafted a rookie during the NFL draft. They were, the Patriots were lucky enough he kind of fell to them and they didn't have to trade at, uh, any draft capital to get him. Um but he's impressed in preseason, and there was a point where uh, Cam wasn't able to come back into camp for five days because he went outside of camp, and that meant he had isolation due to COVID restrictions and stuff like that. And in those five days, they reckon that Mac Jones came up and uh, and took the starter job, so they ended up cushing Cam from their from their squad for the season. So um, that's kind of the, the major piece of news going around uh, the NFL diminish and. There's a few more maybe potential trades going to happen in the next while. Uh, Deshaun Watson, he's a brilliant quarterback. He wants out of Houston, uh, but he's also facing charges of uh, sexual harassment. So he's he's kind of a toxic person to bring into your franchise. Um, great player. So it'd be interesting to see how that, how that one uh, pans out. So he has a lot of accusations against him. Brilliant player, one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. But it's our team's going to take a chance to trade him uh, from a football standpoint and face potential like a huge backlash from people. And rightly so, if if what is said is true. Um, so that's kind of the major stories around the, the NFL. A quick question for you before I give my shouts. Would you rather play college football or NFL? Um, I don't know if I'd be good enough to play either, but uh, I think you know with the college, it's more, you know, you have higher scoring games on both sides and uh, in general, and it, there's a whole more fanfare to it and stuff like that. So it'd be probably more fun. Um, but if I had a chance to pick either, I'd definitely go for uh, NFL, not just for a potential uh, payday, but um, just be pretty cool to say you played in the NFL. Yeah, I know. I might go the opposite, actually. I just, 
maybe it's from the films and that, but I just loved the kind of the closeness and the hyper in college football. Um, but I can see exactly what you're on about with the NFL. Um, I I kind of might think it's a bit too commercialized, obviously, but uh, yeah, I know it's uh, they're two brilliant or two brilliant different levels, anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, my picks this week is um, Leona Maguire. She's involved with the Solheim Cup team in golf. Uh, she's the first Irish player to be involved. Um, so I have to give a shout out to Leona Maguire there. I think she really has a great future in ladies golf. And to be the first Irish representative on the European team is a terrific achievement as well. That's taken place this weekend. And the second shout-outs to the Irish Paralympic team. Uh, I just think it's amazing what they're doing. The likes of Alan Keane, Jason Smith, Nicole Turner and Gary O'Reilly. But then uh, for Katie George, Dunleavy and Eve McChrystal to win uh, two golds and a silver as well. It's just phenomenal. And the thing about it with the... especially the cycling in the Paralympics and for the main Olympics as well, is the Irish athletes have to go to foreign training camps because at the moment we don't have the proper training facilities for the Irish cyclists. We don't have the, is it a part or I can't think of it. Um, Do you know the... Velodrome. Velodrome. I was going to call it a paradrome. Uh, no, the yeah. velodrome. <laughs> uh, they, I was going to palindrome. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's not one uh, in Ireland at the moment. So to be doing what they're doing now, I know the two goals came in the road cycling, which is their main uh, main sport. But to win a silver without a velodrome is a terrific achievement as well. So a shout out to all the Irish team there as well, especially Mary Fitzgerald. Uh, from Callan and Kilkenny as well, who took part in that as well. Uh, we move on uh, to one final topic before the highball this week, Robbie, and it's one that was announced in China during the week. China are to ban more than one hour video games for children. Good or bad move? Yeah. Um, as a parent who uh, has a child who plays video games, um yeah, I think I think it, it's probably a step too far to to be mandated by the government and stuff like that. But uh, it, yeah, there is probably kids who spend way too much time in front of screens anyway, and to encourage them to get outdoors and stuff like that um, seems a bit much by the Chinese government. That's probably that's you know if you live in China, that's the way it goes. Um, but uh, yeah, it's definitely something like with my kids. I definitely try and not have. Uh, too much TV during the week. Um, and like only on like maybe Saturday, Sunday morning, you watch a bit of TV in the morning um, and try and limit the screen time, especially depends on the type of game as well. Uh, like some games would be good for really developing, you know, parts of the brain as well. Um, but then you want to kind of limit, you know, too much violence um, for kids as well. So, yeah, I think it's definitely something a lot of parents you know, need to assess their screen time for the kids, uh, myself included. Um, but I think it's a bit too far for the government to, <laughs> to step in there and decide what goes on in your house. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree completely with you on that. I, I can't see how it's going to be implemented. From what I heard during the week is, do you know the way that you need to log in to access it online features for Xbox or PS4 or 5? 
Um, I think they're going to get the manufacturers to limit it that way. Um, now, they are offline play that you can do as well, unless they kind of do some sort of um, kind of technology block or introduce something that there's an automatic shut-off system or something like that. I think they're you have people that are always one step ahead of governments. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I'd, I understand the implications of it. I mean, if you look back to when we were children, Robbie, I mean, we, I don't think we, well, speaking for myself, I don't think I was ever in. Um, you go, if you go to school, you come home from school, yeah, you get your homework done, but then you're out playing with neighbours or whatever, or you're poking a ball off of the wall, or you're letting on your Paul McGrath or someone like that, Roy Keane or someone, or DJ Carey or that poking Charlie the ball Redmond. Char- <laughs> Never Charlie Redmond now, but... Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trying to think, Morris Fitzgerald would have been uh, one of my ones. Um those shades as well they would have been around when i was younger as well um daro shea and that um but yeah i mean i think looking at it from a fitness instructor robbie is is mobility really being affected now compared to say now i know you're working in it in recent years but if you were say to contra contrasted back say 20 year do you think people are kind of really lacking mobility now that they just don't have the motor skills anymore because of too much gaming yeah too much gaming and too much being on the phone and too much you know sitting for like sitting is the new smoking that's what they say and as well like the way you're looking at your phone a lot you know you see a lot of young people walking around um and there's heads in the phone heads in the phone the whole time and they don't have to head up when they're walking and stuff like that um and that like every you know every little bit your head goes forward um, the more impact it has on your spine and you've seen lots of people with shoulder and upper back and neck issues and headaches and all this sort of stuff and the majority of it is coming from technology um, and inactivity and stuff um, yeah so it's, it's you wouldn't want to kind of mandate it but you definitely want to have I know like some kids do a lot of activities and I remember listening to a thing on the radio recently saying that there's some kids that are doing loads of activities and then there's other kids that are doing absolutely nothing. So it's trying to get those kids that are doing nothing to do something. And, you know, that could come from having a more diverse um, sports because sometimes team sports aren't for some individual and we need more options and, uh, you know, more playgrounds, more parks, more places for kids to be active. That will all help. Um, But again, it comes down to the parents and have to be, you know, teaching that you can't be have your head in front of a screen 24-7. That's no way to live your life, no way to enjoy your life. Um, so definitely, yeah, the parents need to step up and uh, help out their kids. Yeah, and not come back on what we've done already. Maybe it'd be something that for adults, I mean, I know I can speak for myself. I sat at a desk a lot. Maybe it's something that can introduce to get mobility for, say, people that are sitting at desks every day or something like that as well. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, no, it was a brilliant topic and it's interesting to see how it could work out with China. You can see the implications of the one-child policy they had there for years. Maybe 
they might be doing something good here and might be a template that could be spread across the world. Anyway, we move on to the high ball, Robbie. The high oh, ball. Woo! The high ball. Okay, uh, I slightly robbed this. I was listening to the radio today and it was the topic was on uh, one of the main radio stations around the country during the week. And I thought it was too funny not to do it. Uh, so it's going back. We all had it. We all had an awkward one. And uh, please, God, no adults still have awkward ones. So it's going back to everyone's first shift, first case. Can you remember yours, Robbie? Um, yeah, well, it sort of depends on like, you know, like, I suppose like I had a, I had, I had a girlfriend when I was like six. So like, okay. kid. we did kiss. Like, I don't know if you count that <laughs> Yeah. Um, in terms of shifting or whatever, but, um, yeah, if you were to, if you to kind of just like park that one, we'll just disregard that one. Definitely, uh, just thinking back, it was, you know, very awkward. <laughs> I don't think I did too well, to be fair. <laughs> um, yeah, so oh, it's just one of those things I think you should be able to do like a man in black and just wipe it from your memory, to be, to be honest, you know. Uh, <laughs> it, it should be uh, total, total cringe just thinking back there now. So I won't go into details, but it was definitely uh, probably too much tongue, I'd say. Yeah, I think I'm guilty of the same thing. Like there would have been ones in kind of we did play truther there, um, when we we're getting towards then the primary school and all of that. I wouldn't really count that. Um, yeah, first proper one was at a teenage disco, and if the girl is listening, I will apologise wholeheartedly, <laughs> uh, because I hadn't a clue what I was doing. It was one of those situations where, uh, will you shift my friend? And now I won't lie to you, I did improve a lot after that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. So your uh, record is sixteen now, is it? Yeah, sixteen. Disco. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I'm not proud of that. I make that perfectly clear. I'm not proud <laughs> of not that. A... <laughs> Look, looking back, that that is cringing now. I won't. Lie that was to uh, you. just to anyone who hasn't listened to the earlier episode that uh, <laughs> TJ he got off with uh, sixteen girls in one night. So. Uh, the bus for TJ there. Yeah, but still a lad held the record which was nearly double that or more than <laughs> double that. So yeah, I was pretty down low the marks like uh but yeah the poor girl I wholeheartedly apologize. I say it was like one of those do you know those automatic car washers? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that you drive your car. Yeah uh, I leave it at that uh but yeah if the girl's listening i know she'd be kind of very close to in in the kilkenny area and yeah i wholeheartedly apologize but yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure have... you know. <laughs> uh now on my defense that's what jesus that's nearly did she ever go for round two that's the question no, she actually wanted to stop to dance and then do rain too. But uh, yeah, I was too embarrassed because I knew I made a balls up. Like, oh, she's going for round two. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, no, it was embarrassing though. I mean, I, I just <laughs> unless she was over to her mates, she was like, "Hey, watch this guy." <laughs> it was like a blind man playing volleyball. You just didn't know what you were doing. Like, I oh, mean... I guess. <laughs> and that's no offense to anyone. Now I make that perfectly clear. Because I work on operate on one eye myself at the moment. Because, but uh, yeah, that's that's the way it is. Uh, 
Yeah, I just didn't know what to do. Genuinely. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So before I dig a hole any deeper here, I think we leave it at that, Robbie. That's pretty deep for both of us at this stage, I think. <laughs> it was a pleasure as always. If you want to uh, check us out, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. And we love to hear from you. Robbie is constantly putting up stuff. And um, fair play to Robbie. It's brilliant content. And actually, sorry, Robbie, I want to give a shout out. We have a new listener from India as well who's tuning in so we're very grateful to everyone that's listening in and the listenership ratings that we got during the week were just completely overawed with and thanks a million to everyone for yeah, that thanks everybody so until next week robbie uh, we might have a special guest on next week or the following week as well thanks a million to colgan for uh, last week as well and me hopefully we'll have another special guest on over in the coming weeks as well so yeah, happy until next week Robbie be good thanks a million and take care bud have a good one to you good luck man good luck good luck good luck, good luck. Oh, bye bye bye